0: Welcome to the Squadcast. I hope you're having a great day today. Uh, We're looking forward to unpacking some uh, more things from Sunday, which was looking at Philippians 2. And our prayer certainly is that uh, what we unpack would help you grow... Uh, in your own discipleship journey that uh, together as we as we uh, wrestle with some of the teachings of paul and jesus that we would grow together in unity that we would uh grow in our discipleship journey and and I'm just praying that as you gather in squads this week or small groups that some of the stuff will uh help you with some discussion, some prayer together and my hope as well is maybe it'll lead you lead you to a place of repentance or actually seeking out uh someone's forgiveness and you know and I think all of those things would really help to bring about um, this lived out expression of who Jesus is, which is what Paul was calling us to do. This gospel is worthy of our lives and that's gonna cost us something. Maybe it's gonna cost us our pride. Maybe it's gonna cost us you know, seeking someone out and saying, hey, uh, I'm, I need to ask forgiveness here in this area. Or, you know, If the gospel was changing us, challenging us, then it will Require something of us. So I'm um, looking forward to unpacking this with you, Sarah. And I just wanted to start out by saying, Sarah, I disagree. Great. I disagree with you. I'm quite glad <laughs> that
1: you disagree with me. <laughs> now we can have a real discussion. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to look at uh, this whole idea of, of um, disagreeing but not dividing. And Paul really brought that out in, in Philippians Uh He and Paul. I would like to suggest that just about in every epistle that Paul writes in some way shape or form he is tackling the idea of unity. Uh, He is always thinking about relationships and how our lived out expression of Jesus is impacting our uh, relationships with uh, not only with God but with one another and so I think it's really important that we talk about these things. If we're going to be a church that uh, shine bright like stars as Paul said in a, in a dark world uh, then we need to take heed of what Paul was talking about here and uh, I think it's worthwhile considering what other things that Paul was picking up on that he is saying these are really really important that's good and it's probably different from what we expect mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: so um, what's the verse that we're going to particularly look at
1: all right, so uh, in Philippians 2, uh, verses 14 and 15. Uh, so it says, Do everything without complaining and arguing, so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Mm. Uh, and so it goes on to say, Hold firmly to the word of life, then on the day of Christ's return, I'll be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless.
0: Mm. Yeah. yeah. So Paul is really connecting his the fact that he, he has l- literally laid down his life for this beautiful gospel. Uh, currently writing this letter is going, I could literally die for this beautiful gospel, and I don't want this to be all in vain. Mm. And for him, for it to be in vain, if he was able to look back and go, well, that was all just a waste of time, it would look like the church living in disunity, complaining, grumbling against one another. For him, that's what he's, that's the thing he points at.
1: Yeah, that's not the legacy he
0: wants. No, which is really interesting, I think. Yeah. Because there's lots of other things that I could think of that I would maybe make more important, but Paul seems to be saying this this is really the most important thing. Absolutely. So um, so let's talk about this idea of um, disagreeing without dividing, because I think it's really important. I think the reality is, is that we all have uh, different perspectives, different uh, views, different stories, and as we journey together, all of our stories that have formed us, should be as we engage in discipleship should be bowing to the story of Jesus. Absolutely. So that's where we're heading. And so if we I often think like marriage is like two completely different family cultures colliding. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and yes. and the only way for a marriage to truly work is if both husband and wife bring their culture and realize that both of them must bow now to a greater culture, the culture of heaven and the culture of the kingdom. And it's the same in church. And so I think it's really helpful when we think about if we have a disagreement with someone, it may be that that is just where they are in their story. Um, And in five years time, they may be in a different place, but where they are at right now is where they're at. And so how do we help one another to both bow to the culture of the kingdom. Mm. And I, th- I think Paul was hitting on that with that chiasm, you know, it looks like laying down power, serving one another, it looks like humility, it looks like um, not elevating yourself above anyone else, it l- looks like looking to the preference of others more than your own preference and all of that sort of thing. I often think as well uh, in um, gee, I don't know where it is. I'll just do what Paul says. It is written <laughs> <laughs> uh, where uh, it says, "Do oh, so uh, Romans twelve or thirteen. Do nothing out of selfish ambition yeah. or with with rivalry. Don't don't mm. get vengeance on anyone. And 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 he says, if you do good to them, it'll be like pouring heaps of co- hot coals yeah. on their head." Um, and so there's this sense that doing something with the opposite spirit that they did not expect will actually uh, Make them think it'll mm. it'll challenge them way more than if we would confronted them. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So like this this way of humility this way of honor this way of Serving actually gets people to think about their position more than you being right. That's right.
1: Yeah So it's not coming in as a prosecutor yeah. I'm right, you're wrong. Now I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. Yeah. yeah. To actually come in open handed to, um, yeah, you've got nothing to prove. Mm. And uh, let's learn from each other. Yeah. And maybe yeah. we have to rethink, maybe on both sides, we have to rethink how we see this issue.
0: Totally. And I, I mean, I know lots of times I've got this wrong, you know.
1: And that's repentance, isn't it? To rethink. Totally. Is, is repentance.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, and I think I said on Sunday that, you know, um, if we're going to love one another, you know, the first act of love is to listen. Uh, in Proverbs eighteen thirteen, 13, uh, it says that if one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame.
1: I'm thinking of my answer while you're talking. <laughs> no, that was what we do, isn't it? Someone's trying to share, and, and we're in folly prepping our answer in our head. We've missed what the other person has said.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's interesting, eh? Another um, passage from Romans, uh, uh, sorry, from Proverbs, I thought was really interesting um, when it talks about perspective, um, and I think this is important because understanding that we have a particular perspective, mm-hmm. uh, and other people have a different perspective, uh, and we get ourselves stuck in echo chambers. Um, uh, Preston Sprinkle yesterday on, on Facebook, he he posted a thing and said, you know, uh, he encouraging people to read books from other perspectives so that we don't get stuck in echo chambers um, but uh, in Proverbs 18 17 it says this the one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him and I've found myself even hearing a perspective even on scripture or something like that And I'm going oh that sounds really right you know yeah. "Oh, that sounds really good uh, and then someone else goes oh have you thought about this have you thought about that? And I'm going, oh, yeah, no, I hadn't thought about that. Like, it brings this different perspective. And what it is is actually cross-examining yeah. the perspective that we have. Um, and and it's actually really important that we allow people to cross-examine our beliefs. Yeah. Because what, what happens is is either we we go, oh, no, actually that belief was founded on nothing. Or we might go, oh, this has been cross-examined and I hold this to be true. Yeah. It actually makes the truth more true for Absolutely. us. Absolutely. And so that's really important. And so I've the things that I hold to be true, uh, I have no problem anyone cross-examining because I've thought yeah. about the other side. Yeah, that's great. And potentially it's been cross-examined in the past. And so now this truth is actually more firm for me. And it's gone from just something I believe to something that I know. That's good. You know, just a belief to a knowing. Mm-hmm. And now I, th- I think that when we cross from something being a belief to a knowing is actually when we start to live out that belief. And so um, and so I think, you know, let's allow people to cross-examine yeah. these things that we hold to be true. And, and we're not
1: saying crossing, examining necessarily your values, but beliefs mm. and values are quite different. Mm. Yeah. Um, the value to love one another, you're not necessarily, no one's going to shift your belief on that. Yeah. But yeah, certainly around bits of scripture or misbeliefs that we've been handed around well, one that I've had to work through a lot is um, emotions are weak. So I've had to right. do a lot of cross-examining with that right. in a counselling setting. Yeah. Um, yeah, certain parts of scripture had to do cross-examining. Um, mm-hmm. So beliefs we can cross-examine. You're probably not going to shift on your values, but yeah. your beliefs you can.
0: Yeah, yeah that's great. It's really good. Yeah, so when it comes to things that we might grumble about and things we might complain about, um, and so Paul is pushing back on that and saying this isn't this isn't healthy for a community yeah um i think uh, i said the other week. let's not hear what he's not saying as well what he's not saying is you need to create an environment where um, disagreement is pushed underground Mm -hmm. he's trying to help the philippian church um, have healthy relationships Mm -hmm. and and so that means healthy confrontation and um, and being able to work through conflict in a, yeah. in a healthy way. And so I think sometimes, um, if we think about honor, um, honor can sometimes be used, uh, so honor involves honesty. So mm-hmm. it involves being honest with one another. Yeah. And sometimes in the name of honor, honesty can be pushed underground. Mm-hmm. So we, so in a culture of honor, we might say you need to honor. Let's as an example, someone might say to you, Sarah, you need to honor Michael mm-hmm. as a leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what that doesn't mean is that you're not allowed, not allowed to disagree. Yeah. What it means mm-hmm. is that that honor involves honesty. So if you do disagree, you'll come and talk. Yeah. Not that you aren't allowed to disagree, but that when there's honor, disagreement means that we talk about it. In a in a healthy way,
1: and there's probably I mean I guess probably plenty of people who are listening to this will be potentially have been in churches yeah. before, where <clears throat> you don't say anything bad about your pastor, it does mm. get swept under, and that's a that's a control mechanism in itself. Yes, absolutely,
0: yeah. yeah. So so I really want to I guess set that up and mm. say that is not the culture we're aiming for here. We're aiming for a culture of honesty, um, but what Paul was hitting back on is um, when we unpacked it in the Greek, the secret. Yes. Debate, yep. the secret murmurings. So it's the stuff done behind the back of the person that's been talked about. Yeah. So it's it's gossip, really. He's talking about, and and these things are they're like festering wounds.
1: And I feel like when I've been guilty of that, um, certainly as a young leader, watching our pastors, I think, what on earth are they doing that for? certainly plenty of secret murmurings right. that's because I didn't understand their perspective mm. or I didn't understand, there's so much backstory that I didn't, now that I've been in ministry a while I'm like, oh I totally get it. <laughs> yeah. I totally get it, yeah. far out definitely yeah. have had to repent of a lot Yeah. Um, but there's a whole heap more to the picture that we don't see
0: yeah, yeah, that's right um, you had some uh, commentary on that passage you want to read yeah,
1: that? so um, I, I love what um, and it's a commentary on Philippians, and it says, If we were writing this letter today, many of us would put at the top of our list describing blameless living that stopped committing fornification, stop cheating or stealing, or even stop watching porn. Few would put gossip and grumbling at the top of the list for sins to be avoided in the church. Is it because the Philippians scored a perfect mark in avoiding sexual and financial temptations that Paul had to move further down the list of bad sins to pinpoint one that would fit their context? More likely, Paul was deeply troubled at the serious problems and dissension caused. Mm. Sadly today, many churches have relabeled gossip as prayer requests. <laughs> we can hardly shine like stars if we're rolling in the mud and muck of spite, rumour,
0: and innuendo. Mm. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah, and it's a, that's a challenge. I, I think if we if we want to be... We want to be a community of redemptive love, then we need to embrace this kind of culture mm. of of honesty with one another, um, and you know not you know let's let's put an end to gossip. Yeah. Let's put an end to the secret murmurings, the secret debates, and bring those things out in, into the open.
1: Yeah. And let's keep really short accounts.
0: Hmm. Um, yeah.
1: You know. Yeah. Don't Even if you're not sharing it with someone else, don't let that be festering in your own heart.
0: Yeah, 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 totally. And I, I think, um, you know, it's an interesting dynamic because obviously when we have these things going on with potentially against one another, with one another, uh, that's when we have people leaving mm. churches. And, and, you know, I'm just, you know, being really honest here that. Uh, we, we've yes. had people leave our church, and I just have no idea why. Mm. And then maybe a few years later mm. I find out that there was a an offence between two people. I'm like, oh, I wish I knew that that had gone on. Maybe I could have mm. helped bring some reconciliation or, or helped, helped that. But but often what I've discovered is that the person that has done the offence had no idea yeah. that they had done the offence. Yeah. And that's often what happens 90% of the time. We don't know that we've upset someone. Mm. And it actually requires someone to be a powerful person and come and say, hey, when you said that, it hurt me in this way. I read it like this. What did you mean by yeah. that? And 90% of the time, the person's go, oh, my goodness, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it that way. Yeah. You know, and so there's able to be reconciliation. Yep. And I think that's really important.
1: And I guess be real. we need to be real about the fact that if you are complaining about someone, you are wrecking more than just one relationship. So it's not just between Mm -hmm. you and your perceived villain. The person you're complaining to, that is wrecking their relationship with the villain as well because now you're just unloading a heap of baggage onto them that now they've got to figure out, was that true, is that not true? Yeah. Is this person safe or unsafe? Yeah, that's Um, And I guess there's a term in psychology called triangulation or the drama triangle. Yeah. And I have been so guilty of that in the past and realising, oh, in hindsight, man, I've contributed to wrecking other relationships right? other than my own.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that's really interesting, especially when you think of the context of where we come from in Philippians 1. We're, and, you know, last week we talked about in the scrollcast that question around discernment and love. Yeah. And so Paul is, is leading into this. He's he's saying, I'm praying that you, church in Philippi, would grow mm-hmm. in love and discerning love, that you would grow in discernment and love for one another, and so this is the prayer that he's he's praying for them, and then he leads into this conversation about relationships yep. and complaining and grumbling against one another and, and that kind of thing. Um, but discernment is really important, you know. When you because the reality is, we're going to say it, we're a, we're a culture, a community of people who have honest conversations. We're not pushing. Um, disagreements or complaints yeah. underground, it's just how do we carry these things mm-hmm. well, what do we do with them, because if, if we have discernment then we can ask the question first of all, is this person that I'm going to take my complaint to safe for me Yeah. and the next question we need to ask is, is this complaint safe for them mm. because often what will happen with a complaint for, for some people is they they take complaints to people until they find someone that agrees with them, yep. and what what they're doing is building a case. Yes. So they're trying to build a case against someone against something, and so they they'll and they'll keep going until they find agreement, and then you know. But that is just causing all sorts of disunity and dissension. Totally. Um, no, no. If you've got a complaint, take it to the person you have a complaint against. Yep. And and then you know you can handle that in a, in a healthy way, because you're creating a very very unsafe environment for potentially new believers, those that may be struggling in their faith, and this complaint could be the last could be the last straw. That's right. It could be the thing that they, they go, oh, I'm done. Mm. You know, and and I've heard stories like that, you know, where people have just the, they they see you know this beautiful gospel and this beautiful picture of the church and then they feel all of the, the tension that can go on sometimes and it's like ah oh, this this isn't the lived out expression of Jesus that no, I thought right. we were meant to be living and yeah so yeah so, so I think it's really important that we use discernment Paul was praying for the church to grow in yeah. discerning love we should be praying for one another to grow in discerning love and we should pray for ourselves to grow in discerning love absolutely
1: yeah, yeah. it's really good mm. Um, I guess, so how do we have healthy disagreements?
0: Yeah, I I think coming back to what we talked about a few weeks ago, um, you know, in the essentials unity and in non-essentials... Liberty. Liberty, but in all things charity or in all all things love. Um, And so I think um, there's this aspect of um, agreement that's important and then... Um, and then the pursuit of agreement that mm. is unhealthy. Um, so I think we, we need to be in agreement on the essentials. Absolutely. We need to be in agreement on those things. I mean, uh, and Hosea um, says, how can two walk together unless they be in agreement? And so there is that aspect that's really important. Um, and I think potentially there's this aspect as well of alignment, mm-hmm. you know, that um, as a church community, Um, we we want to have a level of alignment together, that we are pursuing the same thing together. Um, Our hearts are together. There's a sense of like-mindedness, and and that is important. Um, And then there's this aspect of disagreement that feels a little bit like there's always something wrong. Mm. Um, And potentially that's someone who's never going to find an alignment there's always something wrong with every community mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. they're a part of. Every, they're able to find fault in every person or in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what Paul was sort of emphasising here is that that's not the way of Jesus. No. At some point you've got to lay some stuff down mm-hmm. to be able to find unity of heart, unity of mind, for, for the mission of Jesus. That's right. And that's going to require some sacrifice. There's some things that maybe you think are, you know, everyone needs to believe this or be on the same page with this that actually doesn't add value to the overall unity and mission of a church. Yep. Um, and I guess, you know, coming back to the critical journey, you're probably going to find a lot of people at stage two that are going, Know, everything has to be in its right place. Everyone has to believe the same thing. And I, t- like, I remember years ago when I first got told about that um, in essentials unity and oh, yeah. Yeah, that that quote. The first time I heard that, when someone said, "Oh, this is you know this is the creed of our movement," I thought, "What a stupid creed!" <laughs> I honestly, I remember like pushing back on that. No, everyone has to believe the same things. Wow. How how can we do this if we're not all believing exactly the same things? And uh, how immature was I to think that everyone would be on exactly the same page? And so, thinking that, uh, thinking that says that no one is on a journey. Mm. And so, this whole idea of the critical journey is about realizing that someone is at stage two, someone is at stage three, mm-hmm. and spiritual maturity is able to use discernment and say, "Ah, oh, that's where they're at," yeah. and that's okay.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm going
0: to love them, and I'm going to say, "Hey, imitate me as I imitate Christ," mm. and that's enough. Yeah. You know, we're we're pulling them forward, pulling them up, but we're not trying to make them believe the same. We want to get people from believing to knowing. Yeah. And that's there's a difference. Absolutely. So just telling them that they believe the wrong thing won't get them to a place of knowing.
1: No, and that shuts down all conversation. Mm, Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: So Danny Silk, an article on healthy confrontation and relationships on the Moral Revolution website, he says, when we hear the word confrontation, a lot of us probably think of a scenario involving high levels of anxiety and tension, people communicating aggressively, passively or passive aggressively, fight, flight or freeze behaviours, some kind of battle or power struggle and a winner and a loser. Mm -hmm. Um, So in, in other words, many of us, For many of us, confrontation equals conflict, and conflict, except for those personalities that seem to not only tolerate but even enjoy conflict, is uncomfortable, scary, and even painful. Uh, So when I use the term confrontation, however, I have a specific definition in mind. A confrontation is a respectful conversation between two powerful people that addresses a specific issue that is hurting connection for the purpose of achieving mutual understanding of the issue. And building a plan to adjust to behaviour to better meet the needs of the relationship, which ultimately results in restoring and strengthening the relationship. Mm.
0: It's great. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So I, I think if we were to, um, you know, move forward as a church on on the stuff, I. I I think there's this element as well of the the society that we find ourselves in, where um, we are, we find ourselves in the culture wars, where mm. if you're if you're not left, then you must be right. If you're not right, you must be left. Mm. Um, and uh, we find us, you know, there, and there's all sorts of things that are dividing the world, and even in politics, they are saying that the left and the right are again further and further and further apart. And so we find ourselves in a society that is dividing itself and this real sense of either you're with me or you're against me. Mm. And if you're not with me, you must be against me. If you disagree with me, you must be on the other side. And we have to rise above the culture wars. Like the church has to poke its head out above that and go, no, no, there's a different way. We can actually disagree without dividing we can actually walk together in a journey and you know i always talk about the third way of jesus yeah you know it's and and the pharisees were always trying to pigeonhole jesus is it this or that and he'd go oh there's a third way Mm. and so we need to to know what it means to be especially in, in our secular society uh increasingly secular society uh we need to be able to offer a third way and I think this is the beautiful opportunity we have to be like bright shining stars That's right in a world that is becoming more and per- more and more perverse and so this is I mean this is the crunch point of what Paul brings it to us right you know? and so this is our this is our moment you know like I, I think of people where, that feel very negative about where the world is going. I'm going no this is our moment yeah this is the church's moment to show what it looks like to live under the redeeming rule and reign of Jesus.
1: And how much richer are our conversations going to be if we're coming in from a position where a non essentials liberty?
0: Mm, yeah. Where
1: we don't have any, we don't have to protect ourselves. We can actually have really interesting conversations. Yeah, yeah. And how rich would that be?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's great. Well, I hope this has been helpful for you. Um, I really encourage you this week to respond in some way um, whether it's respond responding with repentance maybe you need to seek out forgiveness or go and forgive someone maybe uh, there's something you need to let go of maybe there's something that you've been fearful of maybe there's something that you need to lay down I'd love you to to respond this week and in your squads and your small groups, um, have these questions come up. What, what is it that maybe you need to lay down? Is there an area where you need to uh, offer forgiveness or offer repentance? And uh, let's not just hear the word, let's live out the word. Let's be this lived out expression of who Jesus is. Be blessed.